Yes, hello, this is Ken Anderson's podcast, and it's the 4th of January 2023. The time is 17.47, and it is Wednesday. Now, today we're going to start with the, the book of Samuel, the first book of Samuel, chapter number 1. Now, there was a man of Ramath Aim Sophim, of the mountain regions of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Sup, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was named Hannah, and the other was named Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. That man went up from his city year after year to worship and to sacrifice to Jehovah of armies in Silo. That is where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Pini, has served as priests to Jehovah. One day when Elkanah offered a sacrifice, he gave portions to his wife, Penina, as well as to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah he gave a special portion, because Hannah was the one he loved. But Jehovah had not given her children. Moreover, her rival wife taunted her relentlessly in order to upset her because Jehovah had not given her children. That is what she would do year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of Jehovah, her rival would taunt her so much that she would weep and not eat. But her husband, Elkanah, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat and why are you so sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Then Hannah got up after they had finished eating and drinking in Silo. At the time, Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of Jehovah. Hannah was extremely bitter, and she began to pray to Jehovah and to weep uncontrollably. And she made this vow. O Jehovah of armies, if you look upon the affliction of my servant and remember me, and you do not forget your servant, and you give your servant a male child, I will give him to Jehovah all the days of his life, and no razor will touch his head. While she prayed for a long time before Jehovah, Eli was watching her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips were trembling, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Eli said to her, how long will you stay drunk? Stop drinking your wine. At this Hannah answered, No, my lord, I am a woman under great stress. I have not drunk wine or anything alcoholic, but I am pouring out my soul before Jehovah. Do not take your servant for a worthless woman, for I have been speaking until now out of my great anguish and distress. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your... Um, petition that you have asked of him. To this she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. And the woman went on her way and ate, and her face was no longer downcast. Then they got up early in the morning and bowed before Jehovah, after which they returned to their house in Ramah. Elkanah had sexual relations with his wife Hannah, and Jehovah gave attention to her. Within a year, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son and named him Samuel, because, as she said, it is from Jehovah that I have asked him. 
In time, Elkanah went up with all his household to offer the yearly sacrifice to Jehovah and to present his vow offering. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the boy is weaned, I will bring him. Then he will appear before Jehovah and remain there from, the, from then on. Elkanah, her husband, then said to her, Do what you think is best. Stay at home until you wean him. May Jehovah carry out what you have said. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she weaned him. As soon as she had weaned him, she took him up to Silo, along with a three-year-old bull, one ephod of flour, and a large jar of wine. And she came to the house of Jehovah in Silo and brought the young boy with her. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the boy to Eli. With that she said, Pardon me, my lord. As surely as you live, my lord, I am the woman who was standing with you in this place to pray to Jehovah. It was for this boy that I prayed, and Jehovah granted me petition that I asked him, that I asked of him. I in turn now lent him to Jehovah, for all his days he is lent to Jehovah. And he bowed down there to Jehovah. Chapter number two. Then Hannah said in prayer, My heart rejoices in Jehovah. My horn is exalted by Jehovah. My mouth is open wide against my enemies, for I rejoice in your acts of salvation. There is no one holy like Jehovah. There is no one but you, and there is no rock like our God. Do not keep speaking with haughtiness. Let nothing arrogant come from your mouth, for Jehovah is a God of knowledge and by him these are rightly evaluated. The bows of mighty men are shattered, but those who are stumbling are given strength. The well-fed must hire themselves out for bread, but the hungry hunger no more. The baron has given birth to seven, but she who has many sons has become desolate. Jehovah kills and he preserves life. He brings down to the grave and he raises up. Jehovah impoverishes and he enriches. He embasses and he exalts. He raises the lowly one from the dust. He lifts up the poor from the ash heap to make them sit with princesses. Give them a seat of honor. To Jehovah belongs earth supports and he places the productive land upon them. He guards the steps of his loyal ones, but the wicked will be silent in darkness, for not by power does a man prevail. Jehovah will shatter those fighting against him. He will thunder against them from the heavens. Jehovah will judge to the ends of the earth. He will give power to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed one. Then Elkanah went to his house in Ramah. <clears throat> but the boy became a minister of Jehovah before Eli the priest. Now the son of Eli were wicked men. They had no regard for Jehovah. This is what they did <clears throat> with the due right of the priest from the people. Whenever any man was offering a sacrifice, an attendant of the priest came with a three-pound fork in his hand when the meat was boiling and he would thrust it into the basin, the two-handed cooking pot, the caldron or the one-handed cooking pot. Whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. 
That is what they would do in Silo to all the Israelites coming there. Also, even before the man sacrificed could make the fat smoke, an attendant of the priest would come and say to him, Give the priest meat to roast. He will not take boiled meat from you, only raw meat. When the man would say to him, Let them first be sure to make the fat smoke, then take for yourself whatever you desire, he would say, No, give it to me now. If not, I will take it by force. Does the sin of the attendants came to be very great before Jehovah, for the men treated the offerings of Jehovah with disrespect. Now Samuel was ministering before Jehovah, wearing a linen effort, though he was, though he was just a boy. Although his mother would make for him a little sleeveless coat, and she brought it up to him year after year, when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. <coughs> And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, May Jehovah grant you a child from this wife in place of the one who was lent to Jehovah. And they went back home. Jehovah turned his attention to Hannah so that she could conceive, and she gave birth to three more sons and two daughters, and the boy Samuel continued growing up before Jehovah. Now Eli was very old, but he had heard about everything that his sons were doing to all Israel, and how they would lie down with the woman who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He used to say to them, Why do you keep doing things like these? For the things I am hearing about you from all the people are bad. No, my sons, the report that I hear circulating among the people of Jehovah is not good. If a man should sin against another man, someone may appeal to Jehovah for him. But if a man should sin against Jehovah, who can pray for him? But they refused to listen to their father, for Jehovah had determined to put them to death. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel kept growing in stature and in favor both with Jehovah and with the people. A man of God came to Eli and said to him, This is what Jehovah says. Did I not plainly reveal myself to your father's house, while they were in Egypt as slaves to the house of Pharaoh, and he was chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to serve as my priest and to go up and on my altar to make sacrifices, to offer incense and to bear an effort before me. And I gave to the house of your forefather all the offerings made by fire of the Israelites. Why do you men scorn my sacrifice and my offerings that I have commanded in my place of dwelling? Why do you keep <coughs> horning your sons more than me by fattening yourself from the best portions of every offering of my people Israel? That is why the word of Jehovah, the God of Israel, is, I did indeed say that your house and the house of your forefather would always walk before me. But now Jehovah declares, It is unthinkable on my part, because those <coughs> honoring me I will honor, but those despising me will be treated with contempt. Look, days are coming when I will cut off your strength and that of your father's house, so that no man in your house will live to old age. And you will look upon arrival in my dwelling amid all the good that is done to Israel, and never again will there be an old man in your house, The man of your, uh, 
the man of yours, whom I do not cut off from serving at my altar, will cause your eyes to fail and will bring you grief, but the greater number of your house will die by the sword of man. And what, ha and what happened to your two sons, Hophni and Pinehas, will be the sign for you. On one day both of them will die. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. He will act in harmony with what is in my heart's desire, and I will build for him a lasting house, and he will walk before my anointed ones always. Anyone who remains in your house will come and bow down to him for the payment of money and a loaf of bread, and will say, Assign me, please, to one of the priestly officers to eat a piece of bread. Chapter number three. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel was ministering to Jehovah before Eli, but word from Jehovah had become rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. One day Eli was lying down in his usual place, and his eye had grown dim. He was not able to see. The Lamb of God has not yet been extinguished, and Samuel was lying in the temple of Jehovah where the ark of God was. Jehovah then called Samuel. Samuel. He answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. Jehovah called <coughs> once again, Samuel. <coughs> At this Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel had not yet come to know Jehovah, and the word of Jehovah had not yet been revealed to him. So Jehovah called again and third time, Samuel. At that he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Eli then realized that it was Jehovah who was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you should say, Speak, Jehovah, for your servant is listening. And Samuel went and lay down in his place. Jehovah came and stood there, and he called, as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. At this Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Jehovah said to Samuel, Look, I am doing something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears about it tingle. On that day I will carry out towards Eli all that I said about his house from start to finish. You must tell him that I am bringing a lasting judgment on his house for the error that he has known about, for his sons are cursing God, but he has not rebuked them. That is why I have sworn to the house of Eli that the error of the house of Eli will never be atoned for by sacrifice or by offerings. Samuel lay down until the morning. Then he opened the doors of Jehovah's house. Samuel was afraid to tell Eli of the vision, but Eli called for Samuel. Samuel, my son. At this he said, Here I am. He asked, What message did he speak to you? Please do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and add to it, if you hide from me a single word of all that he said to you. So Samuel told him everything, and he did not hide anything from him. Eli said, It is Jehovah. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Samuel continued growing up, and Jehovah himself was with him, 
and did not let any of all his words go unfulfilled. All Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, became aware that Samuel had been confirmed as Jehovah's prophet, and Jehovah continued to appear in Silo, for Jehovah revealed himself to Samuel in Silo by the word of Jehovah. Chapter number 4 And the word of Samuel went out to all Israel. Then Israel went out to meet the Philistines in battle. They camped beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines were encamped at Apic. The Philistines drew up in battle formation to meet Israel, but the battle went badly, and Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who struck down about 4,000 men from the battle line in the field. When the people returned to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why did Jehovah allow us to be defeated today by the Philistines? Let us take the ark of Jehovah's covenant with us from Silo, so that it may be <clears throat> with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent men to Silo, and they carried from there the ark of the covenant of Jehovah of armies, who sits enthroned above the cherubs. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Pinehas, were also there with the ark of the covenant of the true God. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant of Jehovah came into the camp, all the Israelites broke out into loud shouting, so that earth shook. When the Philistines heard the sound of the shouting, they said, Why is there such loud shouting in the camp of the Hebrews? Finally, they learned that the Ark of Jehovah had come into the camp. The Philistines became afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. So they said, too bad for us, for nothing like this has ever happened before. Too bad for us, who will save us from the hand of this majestic God. This is the God who struck Egypt with every sort of slaughter in the wilderness. Be courageous and act like men, you Philistines, so that you may not serve the Hebrews just as they have served you. Act like men and fight. So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated, and each one fled to his tent, the slaughter was very great on Israel's side. Thirty thousand foot soldiers fell. Moreover, the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Pinehas died. A man of Benjamin ran from the battle line and arrived at Silo on that day with his garment ripped apart and dirt on his head. When the man arrived, Eli was sitting on the seat by the roadside watching because his heart was trembling over the ark of the true God. The man went into the city to report the news, and the whole city began crying out. When Eli heard the sound of the outcry, he asked, What does the sound of this turmoil mean? The same man hurried in and reported the news to Eli. Now Eli was ninety-eight years old, and his eyes started straight ahead, and he could not see. Then the man said to Eli, I am the one who come from the battle line. Just today I fled from the battle line. At this he asked, What happened to my what happened, my son? So the bearer of the news related, Israel has fled from the Philistines, and there was a great defeat among the people. Also your own two sons, Hophni and Pinehas, have died, and the ark of the true God has been captured. At the moment he mentioned the ark of the true God, Eli fell backwards from his seat beside the gate, and his neck was broken and he died, for he was old and heavy. He had judged Israel for forty years. His daughter-in-law, the wife of Pinehas, was pregnant and 
close to giving birth. When she heard the report that the Ark of the True God has been captured and that her father-in-law and her husband had died, she doubled over and unexpectedly went into labor and gave birth. As she was dying, the woman standing by her said, Do not be afraid, for you have given birth to a son. She did not answer and did not pay attention to it. But she named the boy Ishabod, saying, Glory has gone away from Israel into exile, referring to the capture of the Ark of the True God and what happened to her father-in-law and her husband. She said, Glory has gone away from Israel into exile, because the Ark of the True God has been captured. Chapter number 5 When the Philistines captured the Ark of the True God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Astot. The Philistines took the Ark of the True God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it beside Dagon. When the Astrodites got up early the next day, there was Dagon fallen face down on the ground before the Ark of Jehovah. So they took Dagon and returned him to his place. When they got up early in the morning on the following day, there was Dagon fallen face down on the ground before the Ark of Jehovah. The head of Dagon and the palm of both his hands were cut off and were lying on the threshold. Only the fish part had been left intact. That is why, to this day, the priest of Dagon and all those who enter the house of Dagon do not walk on the threshold of Dagon in Astod. The hand of Jehovah was heavy against the Astodites, and he devastated them by striking Astod and his its territories with piles. When the men of Astod saw what had happened, they said, Do not let the ark of the God of Israel remain with us, for his hand has dealt harshly with us and our God Dagon. So they sent for and gathered all the lords of the Philistines and asked them, What should we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They replied, Let the ark of the God of Israel be moved to Gath. So they moved the ark of the God of Israel there. After they moved it there, the hand of Jehovah came against the city, bringing great panic. He struck the men of the city from small to great, and piles broke out on them. So they sent the ark of the true God to Ekron. But as soon as the ark of the true God came to Ekron, the Ekronites began to cry out, They have brought the ark of the God of Israel to us to put us and our people to death. Then they sent for and gathered all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send the ark of the God of Israel away. Let it return to its place, so that we and our people may not be put to death. For the error of death has spread through the whole city. The hand of the true God has been very heavy there. And the men who did not die had been struck with piles. And the city cries for help ascendant to the heavens. Chapter number 6 The Ark of Jehovah was in Philistines' territory for seven months. The Philistines called the priest and the diviners and asked, What should we do with the Ark of Jehovah? Let us know how we should send it back to its place. They replied, If you send the Ark of the Covenant of Jehovah, the God of Israel, away, do not send it back without an offering. You should by all means return to him a guilt offering. Only then will you be healed and it will be made known to you why his hand has not turned away from you. So they asked, What guilt offering should we send to him? 
They said, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, sent five golden piles and five golden mice, for the same scorchers has afflicted every one of you and your lords. You should make images of your piles and images of your mice that are bringing the land to ruin, and you should honor the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten the weight of his hand that is on you and your, and your God and your land. Why should you harden your heart as Egypt and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he dealt harshly with them, they had to send Israel away, and they departed. Now prepare a new wagon and two cows that have calves and have never been under a yoke. Then hitch the cow to the wagon, but take their calves back home away from them. Take the ark of Jehovah and place it on the wagon, and put the golden articles that you are sending to him as a guilt offering in a box next to it. Then send it on its way. And watch, if it goes up the road to Bet Shemesh to its own territory, then it is the one who has done this great evil to us. But if not, we will know that it was not his hand that struck us. It happens to us by coincidence. The men did accordingly. They took the two cows that had calves and hitched them to the wagon, and the calves they penned up at home. Then they put the Ark of Jehovah on the wagon, as well as the box containing the golden mice and images of their piles. And the cows went straight ahead on the road to Bet-Shemesh. They stayed on the one highway, mooing, mooning, mooing as they went. They did not turn either to the right or to the left. All the while the lords of the Philistines were walking behind them as far as the boundaries of Bethshemesh. The people of Bethshemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley plains. When they raised their eyes and saw the ark, they were overjoyed at seeing it. A wagon came into the field of Joshua the Bethshemite and stopped there near a large stone. So they chopped off the wood of the wagon, and they offered the cows as a burnt offering to Jehovah. The Levites took down the Ark of Jehovah and the box that was with it, which contained the golden articles, and they put them on the large stone. The men of Bethshemesh offered up burnt offerings and made sacrifices on that day to Jehovah. When the five lords of the Philistines saw it, they returned to Ekron on that day. Now these are the golden piles that the Philistines sent as a guilt offering to Jehovah, one for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, one for Ekron. And the number of the golden mice corresponded to the number of all the cities of the Philistines that belonged to the five lords, both the fortified cities and the villages in the open country. And a large stone upon which they rested the Ark of Jehovah served as a witness down to this day in the field of Joshua the Bethshemite. But God struck down the men of Bethshemite because they had looked upon the Ark of Jehovah. He struck down fifty thousand and seventy among the people, and the people began mourning because Jehovah had struck them down with a great slaughter. So the men of Bethshemesh asked, Who will be able to stand before Jehovah? this holy God, and to whom will he go away from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiyat Yerim, saying, The Philistines have returned to Ark of Jehovah. Come down and take it up with you. Chapter number 7 
So the men of Kiat, Yerahim, came and took the Ark of Jehovah up into the house of Abinadab on the hill, and they sacrificed and they sanctified his son Eliezer to guard the Ark of Jehovah. A long time elapsed, twenty years in all, from the day of the Ark's coming to Kiat, Yerahim, and all the house of Israel began to seek after Jehovah. Samuel then said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to Jehovah with all your heart, put away the foreign gods and the Astoreth's images from among you, and direct your heart on savingly to Jehovah, and serve only him, and he will reduce you from the hand of the Philistines, so, and he will rescue you from the hands of the Philistines. At that the Israelites got rid of the Baals and the Astoreth's images and served only Jehovah. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel together at Mizpah, and I will pray to Jehovah in your behalf. So they gathered together at Mizpah, and they drew water and poured it out before Jehovah and kept a fast on that day. There, they said, we have sinned against Jehovah, and Samuel began serving as judge over Israel in Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered together at Mizpah, the Lord of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. So the Israelites said to Samuel, Do not stop calling to Jehovah our God to help us and to save us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it up as a whole burnt offering to Jehovah. And Samuel called to Jehovah for help in behalf of Israel, and Jehovah answered him. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines advanced for battle against Israel. Jehovah now caused it to thunder loudly on that day against the Philistines, and he threw them into confusion, and they were defeated before Israel. At that the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, striking them down as far as south of Bet-Kar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Yish-Anah, and named it Ebenezer. For he said, Until now Jehovah has helped us. Thus the Philistines were subdued, and they did not come again into the territory of Israel. And the hand of Jehovah continued against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Also the cities that the Philistines had taken from Israel were returned to Israel, from Ekron to Gath, and Israel recovered their territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel kept on judging Israel throughout his life. Each year he traveled in a circuit to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah, and he judged Israel in all these places. But he would return to Ramah, because his house was there, and there he also judged Israel. He built an altar there to Jehovah. Chapter number 8 When Samuel had grown old, he appointed his sons as judge for Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second, Yabijah. They were judges in Beersheba, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They were inclined to pursue this honest prophet. They accepted bribes, and they perverted justice. 
In time all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, Look, you have grown old, but your sons are not walking in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the other nations. But it displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. Then Samuel prayed to Jehovah, and Jehovah said to Samuel, Listen to everything the people say to you, for it is not you whom they have rejected, but it is I whom they have rejected as their king. They are doing just as they had done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day. They keep forsaking me and serving other gods, and that is what they are doing to you. Now listen to them. However, you should solemnly warn them, tell them, what the king who rules over them will have the right to demand. So Samuel told the people who were asking him for a king all the words of Jehovah. He said, This is what the king who rules over you will have the right to demand. He will take your sons and put them in his chariots and make them his horsemen, and some will have to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself chiefs of thousands and chiefs of fifties, and some will do his ploughing, reap his harvest, and make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be ointments, mixtures, cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and he will give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain fields and your vineyards, and he will give it to his court officials and his servants, and he will take your male and female servants, your best herds and your donkeys, and he will use them for his work. He will take the tenth of your flock, and you will become his servants. The day will come when you will cry out because of the king you have chosen for yourself, but Jehovah will not answer you in that day. However, the people refused to listen to what Samuel told them, and they said, No, we are determined to have a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations, and, over, and our king will judge us and lead us and fight our battles. After Samuel heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the hearings of Jehovah. Jehovah said to Samuel, Listen to them and appoint a king to reign over them. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, each of you should return to his city. Chapter number 9 There was a man of Benjamin named Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Seror, son of Besorath, son of Apia, a Benjaminite, and a very wealthy man. He had a son named Saul, who was young and handsome. There was no man among the Israelites more handsome than he, and he stood head and shoulders taller than all the people. When the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish got lost, Kish said to his son Saul, Please take with you one of the attendants and go look for the donkeys. They passed through the mountain regions of Ephraim and through the land of Shalimshah, and they did not find them. They traveled through the land of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. They passed through the entire land of the Benjaminites, and they did not find them. They came into the land of Sup, and Saul said to his attendants who was with him, Come, let us return, so that my father does not start worrying about us rather than the donkeys. But the attendants replied, 
Look, there is a man of God in this city, a man who is held in honor. All that he says is sure to come true. Let us go there now. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. At this, Saul said to his attendant, If we go, what can we take to the man? There is no bread in our bags. There is nothing to take as a gift to the man of the true God. What do we have? So the attendants answered, Saul again, Look, there is a quarter of a shekel of silver in my hand. I will give it to the man of the true God, and he will tell us which way to go. In former times in Israel, this was what a man would say when going to seek God. Come and let us go up to the seer. For the prophets of today's uh, used to be called a seer in former times. Then Saul said to his attendant, What you said is good. Let us go. So they went to the city where the man of the true God was. While they were going up the ascendant to the city, they met girls going out to draw water. So they said to them, Is the seer in this place? They answered, He is. Look, he is just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he has come to the city, because the people are making a sacrifice today on the high place. As soon as you come into the city, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not eat until he comes, for he is the one who blesses the sacrifice. Once that is done, those who are invited may eat. So now go up right away, and you will find him. So they went up to the city. As they were coming into the middle of the city, there was Samuel coming out to meet them, to go up to the high place. The day before Saul came, Jehovah had told Samuel, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin. You must anoint him as a leader over my people Israel, and he will save my people from the hands of the Philistines. For I have seen the affliction of my people, and the outcry has reached me. When Samuel saw Saul, Jehovah told him, Here is the man of whom I said to you, This is the one who will govern my people. Then Saul approached Samuel in the middle of the gates and said, Tell me, please, where is the house of the seer? Samuel answered Saul, I am the seer. Go up ahead of me to the high place, and you will eat with me today. I will send you away in the morning, and I will tell you all that you want to know. As for the donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not worry about them, for they have been found. And to whom does all that is desirable of Israel belong? Is it not to you and to the whole house of your father? At this Saul answered, I am not a Benjaminite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the most insignificant of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. So why have you spoken to me in this way? Then Samuel took Saul and his attendant and brought them to the dining hall and gave them a place at the head of those invited. There were about thirty men. Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portions that I gave you and told you. Set it aside. At that the cook lifted up the leg and what was on it, and see it, and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, What has been reserved has been set before you. Eat, because they have reserved it for you for this occasion. For I told them, I invited guests. So Saul ate with Samuel on that day. 
Then they went down from the high place to the city, and he continued to speak with Saul on the housetops. They rose early, and at daybreak Samuel called to Saul on the housetop, saying, Get ready, so that I may send you away. So Saul got ready, and both he and Samuel went outside. While they were descending towards the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the attendant to go on ahead of us. So he went on ahead. But you stand uh, still now, so that I may let you hear the words of God. Chapter number 10 Samuel then took the flask of oil and poured it out on Saul's head. He kissed him and said, Has not Jehovah anointed you as a leader over his inheritance? When you leave me today, you will find two men near the tomb of Rachel in the territory of Benjamin at Silsa, and they will say to you, The donkeys that you went to look for have been found, but now your father has forgotten about the donkeys and is worried about you. He is saying, What should I do about my son? Go on from there until you come to the big tree of Tabor, where you will meet three men going up to the true God at Bethel, one carrying three young goats, one carrying three loaves of bread, and one carrying a large jar of wine. They will ask about your welfare and give you two loaves, and you must accept the loaves from them. After that you will come to the hill of the true God, where there is a garrison of the Philistines. When you come to the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high places, and a stringed instrument or tambourine and flute and harp will be played ahead of them while they are prophesying. The Spirit of Jehovah will empower you, and you will prophesy along with them and be changed into a different person. When these signs have taken place, do whatever your hand find possible, because the true God is with you. Then go down ahead of, of me to Gilgal, and I will go down to you where to to, to, uh, to offer up sacrifices and communion sacrifice. You should wait for seven days until I come to you. Then I will let you know what you should do. As soon as Saul turned around to leave Samuel, God began changing his heart to be like that of someone else. And all these signs came true on that day. So they went from there to the hill, and a group of prophets met him. At once the Spirit of God empowered him, and he began to prophesy among them. When all those who previously knew him saw his prophesying with the prophets, they said to one another, What has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man from there said, But who is their father? So it became a saying, is Saul also among the prophets? When he finished prophesying, he came to the high place. The brothers of Saul's father later said to him and to his attendants, Where did you go? At that he said, To look for the donkeys, but we saw that there were not, they were not there, so we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle asked, Please tell me, what did Samuel say to you? Saul replied to his uncle, he told us that the donkeys had already been found, but Saul did not tell him what Samuel said about the matter of the kingship. Samuel then called the prophets, sorry, the people together to Jehovah at Mizpah and said to the Israelites, This is what Jehovah, the God of Israel, says. It was I who brought Israel up out of Egypt 
and who rescued you from the hand of Egypt and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you have rejected your God, who was your saver, savior out of all of your evils and distresses. And you said, No, you should appoint a king over us. Now take your stand before Jehovah by your tribes and by your thousands. So Samuel had all the tribes of Israel draw near, and the tribes of Benjamin were selected. Then he had the tribe of Benjamin draw near by its families, and the family of the Masorites was selected. Finally, Saul, the son of Kish, was selected. But when they went to look for him, he was nowhere to be found. So they inquired of Jehovah. Has the man come here yet? Jehovah answered, There he is hiding himself among the luggage. So they ran and brought him from there. When he stood in the middle of the people, he was heads and shoulders taller <coughs> than all the <coughs> other people. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the one whom Jehovah has chosen, that there is none like him among all the people? And all the people began to shout, Long live the king! Samuel spoke to the people about the rightful due of kings and wrote it in a book and deposited it before Jehovah. Then Samuel sent all the people away, everyone to his house. Saul also went to his home in Gibeah, accompanied by the warriors whose heart Jehovah had touched. But some worthless men said, How will this one save us? So they despised him, and they did not bring any gifts to him. But he said nothing about it. Chapter number 11 Then Nahash the Amorites came up and camped against Yabesh in Gilead. All the men of Yabesh said to Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. Nahash the Amorites said to them, I will make it with you on this condition, that all your right eyes be bought out. I will do this to humiliate all Israel. The elders of Yabesh replied to him, Give us seven days' time, so that we can send messengers into all the territory of Israel. Then, if there is no one to rescue us, we will surrender to you. In time the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul, and spoke these words in the hearings of the people, and all the people wept at the top of their voice. But Saul was coming from the field behind the herd, and Saul said, What is the matter with the people? Why are they weeping? So they related to him the words of the men of Yabesh. The Spirit of God empowered Saul when he heard these words, and he burned with anger. So he took a pair of bulls and cut them into pieces, and he sent these into all the territory of Israel by the hand of the messenger who said, Whoever does not follow Saul and Samuel should accept this to be done to his cattle. And the fear of Jehovah fell upon the people, so that they came out with one account, one accord. Then he counted them in Besik, and there were three hundred thousand Israelites and thirty thousand men of Judah. They now said to the messengers who had come, This is what you should say to the men of Yabesh in Gilead. Tomorrow, when the sun gets hot, you will be saved. With that, the messengers came and told the men of Yabesh, and they were overjoyed. So the men of Yabesh said, Tomorrow we will surrender to you, and you may do to us whatever seems good to you. 
On the next day, Saul divided the people into three brands, and they made their way into the middle of the camp during the morning watch and struck down the Ammonites until the day grew hot. Those who suffered were scattered so that no two of them were left together. Then the people said to Samuel, Who was saying, Is Saul to be king over us? Hand the men over, and we will put them to death. However, Saul said, Not a man should be put to death on this day, for today Jehovah has rescued Israel. Samuel later said to the people, Come and let us go to Gilgal to reconfirm the kingship. kingship. So all the people went to Gilgal, and in Gilgal they made Saul king before Jehovah. Then they offered communion sacrifices there before Jehovah, and Saul and all the men of Israel celebrated with great joy. Chapter number 12. Finally Samuel said to all Israel, Here I have done all that you asked of me, and I appointed a king to reign over you. Now here is the king who is leading you. As for me, I have grown old and gray, and my sons are here with you, and I have led you from my youth until this day. Here I am, testify against me before Jehovah and before his anointed ones, whose bull or whose donkey have I taken, or whom have I defrauded or crushed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me look the other way? If I have, I will restore it to you. To this they said, You have not defrauded us or crushed us or accepted anything at all from anyone's hand. So he said to them, Jehovah is a witness against you, and his anointed one is a witness this day that you have found nothing to accuse me of. To this they said, He is a witness. So Samuel said to the people, Jehovah, who used Moses and Aaron, and who brought your forefathers up out of the land of Egypt, is a witness. And now take your positions, position, and I will judge you before Jehovah in view of all the righteous acts that Jehovah has done for you and for your forefathers. As soon as Jacob had come into Egypt and your forefathers began calling to Jehovah for help, Jehovah sent Moses and Aaron to lead your forefathers out of Egypt and to cause them to dwell in this place. But they forgot Jehovah their God, and he sold them into the hands of Sisera, the chief of the army of Hazor, and into the hands of the Philistines, and into the hands of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. And they called to Jehovah for help, and said, We have sinned, for we have left Jehovah to serve the Baals and the Asterites, images. Now rescue us out of the hand of the, our enemies, so that we may serve you. Then Jehovah sent Jerubal and Bedan and Jephthas and Samuel and rescued you from the hands of the enemies all around you, so that you could live in security. When you saw that Nahash, the king of the Amorites, had come against you, you kept saying to me, No, we are determined to have a king over us, even though Jehovah, your God, is your king. Now here is the king whom you have chosen, the one you asked for. Look, Jehovah has appointed a king over you. If you fear Jehovah and serve him and obey his voice, and you do not rebel against the order of Jehovah, and both you and the king who reign over you follow Jehovah your God, fine. 
But if you do not obey the voice of Jehovah and you rebel against the order of Jehovah, the hand of Jehovah will be against you and your fathers. Now take your position and see this great thing that Jehovah is doing before your eyes. Is it not the wheat harvest today? I will call on Jehovah to make it thunder and rain. Then know and understand that an evil thing you have done in the eyes of Jehovah is asking for a king for yourselves. At that Samuel called to Jehovah, and Jehovah made it thunder and rain on that day, so that the people were greatly in fear of Jehovah and of Samuel. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray to Jehovah your God for your servant, as we do not want to die, for we have added to all of our sins another evil by asking for a king. So Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have indeed done all this evil. Only do not turn away from following Jehovah and serve Jehovah with all your heart. Do not turn away to follow the empty things which are of no benefit and cannot rescue because they are empty. For the sake of his great name, Jehovah will not abandon his people. For Jehovah has taken it upon himself to make you his people. As for me, it is unthinkable for me to sin against Jehovah by teasing to pray, ceasing to pray in your behalf, and I will continue to instruct you in the good and right way. Only fear Jehovah and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for see what great things he have done for you. But if you flagrantly do what is bad, you will be swept away, both you and your king. Chapter number 13 Saul was so-and-so years old when he became king, and for two years he reigned over Israel. Saul chose three thousand men out of Israel. Two thousand of these were with Saul at Michmash and in the mountain regions of Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan at Gibeah of Benjamin. He sent the rest of the people away, each one to his tent. Then Jonathan struck down the garrison of Philistines that was in Gibeah, and the Philistines heard about it. And Saul had the horn blown thoroughly out the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. All Israel heard the news. Saul has struck down a garrison of the Philistines, and now Israel has become a strength among the Philistines. So the people were summoned to follow Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines also gathered together to fight against Israel with 30,000 30, war chariots and 6,000 horsemen and troops as numerous as the grain of sand on the seashore. And they went up and camped in Mishmash to the east of Bet-Avin. And the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble, because they were hard-pressed, so the people hid in the caves, the hollows, the crags, the cellars, and the cisterns. Some of the Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. But Saul was still in Gilgal, and all the people following him were trembling. He continued waiting for seven days until the designated time that Samuel had set, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. Finally Saul said, Bring to me the burnt offering and the communion sacrifice, and he offered up the burnt sacrifice. But as soon as he had finished offering up the burnt sacrifice, Samuel arrived, so Saul went out to meet him and blessed him. Then Samuel said, What have you done? 
Saul replied, I saw that the people were deserting me, and you did not come within the designated time, and the Philistines were gathering together at Mishmash. So I said to myself, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the favor of Jehovah, so I felt obligated to offer up the burnt sacrifice. At this Samuel said to Saul, You have acted foolishly. You have not obeyed the commandments that Jehovah your God gave you. If you had, Jehovah would have made your kingdom firm over Israel forever. But now your kingdom will not last. Jehovah will find a man agreeable to his heart, and Jehovah will commission him as a leader over his people, because you did not obey what Jehovah commanded you. Then Saul rose and went his way up from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin, and Saul took the counts of the people, those still with him were about six hundred men. Saul, his son, Jonathan, and the people still with them were dwelling in the Gibeah of Benjamin, and the Philistines had encamped at Mishmash. And the reigning parties would go out from the camp of the Philistines in three brands. One brand would turn towards the road to Ophrah, to the land of Sual. Another brand would turn towards the road of Bet-Horon, and the third brand would turn round to the road leading to the boundaries that overlooked the valley of Shiboim towards the wilderness. Now there was not a metal worker to be found in all the land of Israel, because the Philistines had said, so that the Hebrews may not make a sword or a spear. And all the Israelites had to go down to the Philistines to get their plowshares, mattocks, axes, or sickles sharpened, the price for sharpening was a pim for the plowshares, for the mattocks, for the tree-tooted uh, instruments, for the axes, and for the fixed fasted the ox girds. And on that day of battle, not a sword or a spear was found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had weapons. Now a garnison of the Philistines had gone out to the ravine pass of Mishmash. Chapter number 14. One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the attendants carrying the, his weapons, Come and let us cross over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under the pomegranate tree in Mikron, and there was about six hundred men with him. And Abijah, the son of Ahitub, the brother of Ishabot, the son of Pinehas, the son of Eli, the priest of Jehovah in Silo, was carrying the effort, and the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Now between the passengers, passengers that Jonathan was trying to cross over to reach the outpost of the Philistines, there was a tooth-like crack on one side and a tooth-like crack on the other side. The name of the one was Boses, and the name of the other was Senich. The one crag was a pillar on the north-facing Mishmash, and the other was on the south-facing Gibeah. So Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Come and let us cross over to the outpost of these uncircumcised men. Perhaps Jehovah will act in our behalf, for nothing can hinder Jehovah from saving uh, from saying by many or by few from saving by many or by few. 
At this his armor-bearer said to him, Do whatever your heart impels you to do. Turn whatever you wish, and I will follow you wherever your heart impels you. Then Jonathan said, We will cross over to those men and rival our presence, reveal our presence to them. If they say to us, Stand still until we come to you, we will stand where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up against us, we will go up, because Jehovah will give them into our hand. This will be our sign. Then both of them revealed their presence to the outpost of the Philistines. The Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out from the holes where they have been hiding. So the men of the outpost said to Jonathan and his armor-bearer, Come up to us, and we will teach you a lesson. At once Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Follow me, for Jehovah will give them into the hands of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hand and feet, and his armor-bearer was behind him. And the Philistines began to fall before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer was putting them to death behind him. In the first attack that Jonathan and his armor-bearer made, they struck down about twenty men within about half the plowing line in the acre of field. Then terror spread in the field camp and among all the people of the outpost, and even the raiding parties were terrified. The earth began quaking, and a terror from God ensued. Saul's watchman in Gibeah of Benjamin saw that the turmoil was spreading in every direction. Saul said to the people with him, Take account, please, and see who has left us. When they took the count, they saw that Jonathan and his armor-bearer was not there. Saul now said to Ahia, Bring the ark of the true God near. For the ark of the true God was with the Israelites at that time. And while Saul was speaking to the priest, the turmoil in the camp of the Philistines was growing greater and greater. Then Saul said to the priest, Stop what you are doing. So Saul and all the people with him assembled and went into the battle, where they found that the Philistines had turned their sword against one another, and the confusion was very great. Also the Hebrews, who had previously sided with the Philistines and who had come up with them into the camp, were going over to Israel under Saul and Jonathan. All the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountain regions of Ephraim heard that the Philistines had fled, and they too joined in pursuing them in the battle. So Jehovah saved Israel on that day, and the battle extended as far as bet Aven. But the men of Israel were hard-pressed on that day, for Saul had put the people under this oath, Cursed is the man who eats any food before the evening, and until I have taken vengeance on my enemies. So none of the people ate any food. And all the people came into the forest, and there was honey on the ground. When the people came into the forest, they saw the honey dripping, but no one would put his hand to his mouth, because they feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father put the people under any, any oath, so he stretched out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and dipped it into the honeycomb. When he drew his hand back to his mouth, his eyes brightened. At this one of the people said, your father put the people under a strict oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats food today. That is why the people are so tired. However, Jonathan said, My father has brought great trouble on the land. Look at how my eyes brighten because I tasted this little bit of honey. 
how much better if the people had eaten freely uh, today from the spoils of their enemies that they found, for then the slaughter of the Philistines would have been even greater. On that day they kept striking down the Philistines from Mishmash to Ayelon, and the people became very tired. So the people began rushing greatly at the spoils, greedily at the spoils, and they took sheep and cattle and calves and slaughtered them on the ground, and they ate the meat along with the blood. So it was reported to Saul, Look, the people are sinning against Jehovah by eating meat with the blood. At this he said, You have acted faithfully, faithlessly. Roll a large stone to me immediately. Saul then said, Spread out among the people and say to them, Each of you must bring his bull and his sheep and slaughter them here, and then eat them. Do not sin against Jehovah by eating meat with the blood. So each of them brought his bull with him that night and slaughtered it there. And Saul built an altar to Jehovah. This was the first altar he built to Jehovah. Saul later said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them until the morning light. We will not leave a single survivor. To this they said, Do whatever seems good in your eyes. Then the priest said, Let us approach the true God here. And Saul inquired of God, Should I go down after the Philistines? Will you give them into the hands of Israel? But God did not answer him on that day. So Saul said, Come here, all you chiefs of the people, and find out what sin has been committed today. For as surely as Jehovah is alive, who rescued Israel, even if it turns out to be Jonathan, my son, he must die. But none of the people would answer him. Then he said to all Israel, You will be on one side, and my son Jonathan and I will be on the other side. At this the people said to Saul, Do whatever seems good in your eyes. Saul then said to Jehovah, O God of Israel, answer with the Tumim. Then Jonathan and Saul were selected, and the people went free. Saul now said, Cast lot to decide between me and my son Jonathan. And Jonathan was selected. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me, what have you done? So Jonathan told him, I merely tasted a little honey on the tip of the staff in my hand. Here I am, I am ready to die. At this Saul said, Thus may God do, and may he add to it, if you do not die, Jonathan. But the people said to Saul, Should Jonathan die, the one who brought this great victory to Israel? It is unthinkable. As surely as Jehovah is alive, not even a single hair of his head should fall to the ground, for it was with God that he acted this day. With that the people rescued Jonathan, and he did not die. So Saul stopped pursuing the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own territory. Saul secured the kingship over Israel and fought against all his enemies on every side, against the Moabites, the Amorites, the Edomites, the king of Sobar, and the Philistines, and wherever he went he defeated them, and he fought bravely and conquered the Amalekites and rescued Israel from the hands of their plunders. The sons of Saul were Jonathan, Ishvi, and Malshua. And he had two daughters. The name of the older one was Mirab, and the name of the younger one, Michael. The name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, 
the daughter of Ahimaaz. The name of the chief of his army was Abner, the son of Nea, the uncle of Saul. Kish was the father of Saul. And Nea, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. There was fierce warfare with the Philistines all the days of Saul. When Saul saw any strong or courageous man, he would recruit him into his service. So, this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It is the 4th of January 2023. The time is 20.01 and it is Wednesday. Bye.